It's the Shiesty Show. It's your host, Matt, back with another episode. This is episode six, I believe, on uh, November, what's it, 14th? Oh, no, today's the 15th. 15th, my bad, my bad. Day behind here, smoke too much weed. But, um, yeah, November 15th, I got a good friend with me. We met in 2017, right? I think that's when I started at Coastline. Uh, yeah, 2017. Like so I've known this guy almost... Five years? That's uh, almost maybe close. six years. Yeah. So we know each other for a while, but if you don't know who it is, it's Mario Reyes, aka the comedian god. <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> Here with me. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's uh-huh. uh it's definitely it's it's fun to uh, get out and let's do some talking. Yes, sir. You know, you're my first uh my first actual guest on the Shiesty show. So uh yeah, man, let's get it going. I know usually we talk about sports and all that, uh my guy Mario is not a big sports guy, so it's going to well, go all over well, the place. Let, let's say I, I'm a big guy, <laughs> but, you know, I, the one thing I have in common w- with my man Biggie, you know, Biggie Smalls, notorious B.I.G. Yes, sir. He says in one song, the song Running, he says, I'm so fat, I fuck around, I'll catch an asthma attack. <laughs> and uh, that that's the truth true. right there, bro. That I'm, is I'm, true. You know, I'm, I never thought I'd have something in common with Biggie, but it's fucking true. I do. You but know, anyways, I, I'm so fat I fuck around. I catch an asthma attack. Oh wait, can, can we cuss on this? Yeah, show? yeah, yeah. This is the shiesty oh, show. Oh fuck yeah, goddamn. That's what God we call it, the shiesty show here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, I do want to say, like, my podcast is usually sports because that's what I know. But uh, as far as I want to take it, I do want to touch on everything. It could be anything. We're gonna do it all here at the shiesty show. But uh, first thing I do want to talk about is he is a Dodgers fan. So how'd you Hard. feel about your boys uh, <sighs> collapsing again? You know the collapse, dude. That you're right. That was a collapse, man. Yeah. That that was like a fucking heart attack, like like out of nowhere, out of left field. Like you know, you're just like a fat guy running, and all of a sudden, fucking heart goes out in the seventh <laughs> inning, and fucking the what, second round of playoff, first round, whatever you call it, round of playoffs. Yeah. You know, hey, we dropped to the Padres. That that, that that's embarrassing with within itself. And then the fucking <laughs> Astros go on to win the whole thing. And the cheaters. Yeah, fuck the Astros, fucking assholes. <laughs> Yeah. I know, I know. Once I know, a lot of Dodger fans. Once the Dodgers didn't make it, they were just hoping the Astros weren't going to win and beat the Phillies. Yeah. You know, I I automatically, I automatically became a Bryce Harper lover and a Phillies fan, Philly fanatic. <laughs> but you know, earlier in the year, it was fuck Bryce Harper. He could suck it. Yeah, and uh, well, he still can. <laughs> well, I actually got a I actually got a boy uh, that I'm real cool with. We're close. He's a Padres fan, man, and. Uh, it's funny because I talked to him last year or right, a couple years. Right, that is years. funny that he's a Padres fan. <laughs> no, <to> rings. <laughs> no rings? <laughs> no, but I tell him, I told him about two years ago, I was like, dude, you should check out the Padres and shit because he's from San Diego. He's like, yeah, I don't really like baseball. And then over the last year and a half, bro, he just became a fan. He's been going to the games. He's well, uh, And I know your story is a little similar to they, that. They, they have, they, you know, you say Padres don't have a ring. They they do have a ring. It's called suffering. <laughs> Suffering is that marriage? <laughs> oh, that's well. If we want to get into marriage, <laughs> <laughs> no. But I know you got kind of a similar story. I know you weren't always into baseball. Oh, well, at least when I met you, you weren't the biggest sports guy. You know uh, what no, I mean? actually, well, what it was was when you met me. I speaking of marriage, I was married at the time, uh-huh. and uh, my love for the Dodgers were su- was suppressed. <laughs> mm. uh, my in how I put it, I just didn't really show my love for the Dodgers a lot because. Yeah. A, being the family man and all that, I didn't have time to watch games. Yeah. In 2017, I was a hardcore fan. Mm. I did watch the World Series. I was still there. See, uh, that's something I did not know. It was after 2020, 
after my separation from my ex, I met a girl that she was a hardcore Dodger fan. Yeah. And she brought out that love of when I was a little boy, the Dodger love. Mm-hmm. I bleed Dodger blue. My family is from Echo Park. Mm, right my, next, my right there. My parents met in Echo Park. My mm-hmm. aunts and uncles and cousins all still live right there in Silver Lake, Echo Park. And so I bleed Dodger blue. My yeah. grandma's house actually looked over Dodger Stadium when I grew up. Jeez. So yeah, it, the love there goes back to my childhood. Well, that's cool, man. I, I to be honest, when I first met you, I didn't think I knew you skateboarded at one time, but I didn't ever think that you were like a sports guy. You know what I mean? Because I know when we would bring up football and stuff that like that, you were really into it. Yeah, now, I I've didn't never know been about a football. Baseball. Never been a football guy. Uh, basketball, I got into a little bit. I was part of that. You know, I love that shake. Shake. Yeah, can't speak. I got caught. <laughs> I got caught like a muffin. Um, yeah, but you know, in the early two thousands, the Shaq Kobe dynasty. I watched that. that was when I was graduating high school. I was all into that shit. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Early two thousands. That's what it was, bro. Um, so going back on on your Dodger. Uh, so <clears throat> at the end of the day, is the Dodgers? Uh, do they got the team to last to keep going, or you think this is gonna be a a drought for a while for the Dodgers? No, actually, I think if we made a few changes, I. The changes I'd like to see right away. I'm done. Justin Turner is gone. I, I I would be done. Justin Turner. I think I'd give Cody Bellinger one more year. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'd say even with uh, Kershaw, I'll give Kershaw another year, but keep him limited. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't keep Kershaw in the major rotation, but he would definitely be at least once a month out there. Yeah. You know. Um. And then some other guys I definitely want to see gone and maybe come on. I wouldn't mind to see Judge come on. Okay. I wouldn't mind to see if we took on uh, what's what's the fucking uh, China boy. That's a racist <laughs> comment, Mario. Uh, what's what's uh, Otani from the Angels? Oh, uh, the Angels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I wouldn't mind seeing him come on. You know, so yeah, the, those ch- changes. Okay, changes are good. All right, man, for sure. Um, one thing I want to get into. You did tell me that uh, you were going to uh, try out for the prices, right? How did that go? Yeah, I am going to be on an episode of Price is Right. We will be taping that shortly. That is live first on the Shiesty yeah, Show. Yeah. <laughs> My boy's going to be on the Price is Right. Well, hey. what, what it is actually is I pass some auditions and I will be in the audience. And then from there, they'll see. They'll see. But they I definitely am going to be in the building. I will be in the audience. Uh, we have not set a date for taping yet because I okay. have so many other things coming up. But yeah. we will get that going. That's cool, man. How do you how do you feel about that? That's a very legendary uh, show right there. I oh, remember man. Bob Barker. <laughs> you know, that's a classic show right there. How do you feel about being on there? I when the opportunity came up, I I couldn't pass that up. I was like, "Are you serious? All right, yeah, fucking, let's do this." So, how did that opportunity come to you? Uh, I have a friend who is in Hollywood and always sends me leads. Okay. And just hey, check this out. Do this. Um, originally the episode was supposed to be for upcoming comedians and new faces and stuff like that. The producers have changed their mind. They're going to go a different route, Okay. but I'm still going to be involved and be in the show that day. Come on down. It's Come the prices. Right. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's cool, man. I, I, no, that's a legendary show, man. Even yeah. if you stood home from school <laughs> in the nineties and early two thousands, you definitely watched a couple episodes well, of the yeah, prices. Right. Home, you stayed home to watch Bob. And now we, we stay home from work to watch Drew. Yeah, I know. Is, uh, how is Drew doing that? He's been doing that for a long time now. Drew's too. a legend, man. Yeah. And, and that's why I wanted to be on the show. 
Yeah. You know, I, I'm only 40 years old, and the show's in its 51 season. So the show predates me 11 years. Yeah, I, I got to go. I got to check it out. Yeah, hell yeah, man. And uh, I always liked Drew when you had the show Who's Line Anyways. Yeah, You're a comedian, I so you know that show. Improv, <laughs> dude, that's, yeah. what bro- that's what broke uh, Wayne Brady into the... <laughs> To the industry, yeah, that's know? what brought Wayne Brady to the to the forefront. Uh, uh, what's the other guys in Colin? Yeah, the and tall the, guy. Yeah, and then there's some other guys in there. Hey, the art of improv is awesome, and mm-hmm. it takes a special talent to keep that rolling and keep it moving forward. And that's the key of improv: is move it forward, keep it moving. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's cool though, man. I know he's I know he's been doing it for a while. Um, that's that's awesome though, bro. I never. I've never met anyone to actually get on that show. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, man, uh, Price is Right. My boy Mario Reyes will be on there soon. Check him out. Yeah, you know, they, they, during the uh, pre-interview, they ask you all kinds of questions like, uh, well, if you win, what do you want to go? Or if you were, you know, what do you want to win? And I already have a car. Yeah. I don't need a living room set. I don't need, <laughs> you know, I don't need any of this stuff. But I love to travel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. So that's my thing right there. I just, just let me travel. You know, I want to go to Turkey. I want to go to Egypt. I want to go all over the world, man. You better yeah. spin that wheel real hard. Oh, spin it fucking hard. <laughs> and, then, and the guy's like, oh, so you want to go to Hawaii? I'm like, fuck Hawaii. I already been to Hawaii. I lived oh, there before. Like, yeah. Why do I want to go? Oh, there, there we go. That. Let's jump into that, man. You lived in Hawaii? Uh, yeah, I lived in Maui uh, all of 2000. 2002, I'm sorry. 2002. Right hey, after that's what's up, man. I'm, that's one place that's on my bucket list that I have not got to visit it, is Hawaii. But uh, I did hear out of all the islands that Maui is probably the best one or if, the better if one. If you end up going, anybody's listening to this, yeah. go to Maui. Go to Lahaina. Go to the Westin uh, Hotel. See my boy Jason Juarez. He owns. Uh, I think he just changed the name. He had to change the name to. I think it's called Island Scuba, but it used to be called Limitless Scuba. Okay. Anyway, he he's a scuba master. That's my boy. I've known the dude since we were ten years old. Oh shit! You know we're both forty now, so it's a thirty-year friendship. This is my boy. He he uh, takes tourists out diving and all that, and that's what we did. Actually, in two thousand two. That was his dad's company, and we ran it for his dad. Oh man, how did how is the how is the scuba business? Was it lucrative? Yeah, it's very dude. All the tourists, huh? It's gotta yeah, be the tourists. You get tourist. all the tourists twenty four seven. All the tourists. You're just you're by. just making money. It's just it's crazy. That's cool, man. Yeah. Hey, I've never got to visit. How was the was the the Maui Waui out there? How was the weed? The weed was beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah. They it, say something about that soil in Hawaii is different. It grows the plants different. You know, to be you honest know? with you, uh, this is going back 20 years, and I, I don't honestly remember where our weed came from back then. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, and, and honestly, again, I'm going to have to give my, my shout out to my boy Jason. He he was my hookup back then. Okay. So wherever he Jason. was getting it from, wherever he was getting, I was getting it from him. I just, <laughs> hey, yeah. that's my next question. So I had this conversation with my cousin the other day. Does it seem like once weed became legal that, a lot of the weeds seem to lose potency. A lot of the weeds seem no, to be... No, actually quite the opposite. You think it's the opposite? Okay. I, see, I think now... Okay, see, again, we're going to get into some shit. Like I said, I'm 40. I've been smoking since 12, 13 years old. Yeah. I come from the day of the brick, Mexican brick weed straight off <laughs> Stress, the border. Stress, if you ain't know. Stress, you know, like <laughs> fucking brick weed, stem seeds, $10... For a dime bag, yeah. you know. <laughs> Let me get a five. Yeah. Let me get a nickel. F- I got five on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's where that all started. Loonies. <laughs> Shout out Loonies. I got five on it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So you know, and then 
I come from those days of the Mexican brick weed to chronic to, to oh, this is Kush. What's mm. Kush, you know? You, you know, all that kind of shit. And, you know, what I have right here in front of you is beautiful. It This is the Cottonmouth Kush. Okay. This is the this Dog's Life OG. Cottonmouth Kush. Cottonmouth Kings, if you don't know the Cottonmouth Kings. I have a long history with those fools. Yeah. Uh, now, they have their own strain, their own strain of weed, put out exclusively by the Healing Tree in Lake Elsinore. Oh, I know that place, too. The Healing I've, Tree Dispensary. Yeah, that's, I have tried Listen, it. if you're in in Riverside County, South Corona, Lake Elsinore area, the Healing Tree's got you. That's the place to go. It's a pretty awesome place. Yeah, so this is a packed you a bowl. This is the Dog's Life OG. It tests. Let's try this out here. You know what? I forgot what it tests. I got a Shiesty show. We don't do drugs. We just smoke weed. So let me try this out here. We got some Cottonmouth Kush. This one tests at 36% THC. Now, I was, let me take this here and let me tell you why I wanted to get into it. I told you. Let me take this here. Taking a rip. Okay, so what I wanted to say was I've been getting weed lately from hyperwolf hyperwolf is a big company out here they deliver delivery if you don't company. know their delivery yeah. service um but the thing with them is like some days i get good shit and then there's days where i'll get something and i feel like i constantly got to be smoking i constantly got to pack a bowl pack a bowl pack a bowl pack a bowl now i don't know if it's the tolerance it's the weed what but i remember getting stressed back in the days like we we're saying and getting some stress where i was fucking blown See, now is that because I was a younger that. was that because I was a younger man in a young mind or no. is it because the weed is being I feel like the weed is being mass produced so it's not cared the same it's not cared for the same No you know? a, a mass produced it, it doesn't matter if you have a mass produced garden or not every plant's going to be taken care of individually And if you got a master grower you got growers that know what they're doing and watching every individual plant then they're <laughs> People are going to argue with me on this one, but even if you have a million plants, you have one plant. Yeah. Because you're going to treat every single plant differently. So a mass garden to a single garden, it, it, does, it doesn't matter. Well, and this know? guy, he has a little bit of experience because he has grown weed before. You know? Exactly. I, I've grown on little scale, big scale. And I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, it, it's kind of crazy. Like right there, I say that, that weed right there you're smoking is 36% THC. Now, if you smoke that every single day, you're going to grow a tolerance to it. Now, go switch it up one day and go smoke a Mexican brick weed at 10% THC. <laughs> and you're going to be like, oh, fuck. I don't, even think, I don't even think you can find that shit anymore. Oh, it's doable. Uh, it's so? doable. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, just... Dude, you know what's so crazy is like stress was more prevalent than Kush. And now Kush is just outright ticking over everything. Though. Yeah. You know? Even chronic, like you don't even see chronic like that well, anymore. Well, I was going to say, you know? so you, you can go out there, you know, if you smoke this 36 every single day and then go out there one day and smoke a, smoke a 10% or a 15%, what, a, a lower strain, mm-hmm. it is going to make you higher because your body's not used to that. Mm-hmm. Your mind is not used sense. to that. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it is good to switch it up. You know, hey, you, you, you can't have Carvacier every single day. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you need a Budweiser. I guess for me, I guess maybe it's just the weed I'm choosing, man. Uh, well, just, are you an indica or a sativa? I'm a sativa, man. Okay, so your sativas. Well, I know sativa is usually a little bit lighter. Well, let me tell you, lighter, so sativas are you know? really great for the for the for mornings the day, the and daytime. daytime. Yeah. 
before a podcast, perhaps before you're going to do stuff creatively. That's when sativas are the best. Yeah. You know, if you're going to sit there and smoke sativas as a daily high, you might not be getting the best out of it. Mm, Makes sense. Stick with indica on the, on the daily. You you might want to switch it to a hybrid where it's an indica or I'm sorry, it's a sativa dominant hybrid, but a light indica. Yeah. Light indica. And you know, you're still going to get that sativa high, but you're going to get that indica where you're chilling. Yeah. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Give me your top. Give me your top three favorite strains of all time. Us being weed connoisseurs, give me your. Okay, so my top favorite strains. Three, uh, three your strains. Top, your top three. Marijuana. <laughs> um, no, no, no. It doesn't matter to me. It really yeah, doesn't, doesn't matter to me. You're not a, See, here's the thing. Uh, like I even just said, here's this cotton mouth Kush. This mm-hmm. blah blah blah. It. I don't really get into the names of shit because everybody names their super shit sour different. Skittles. <laughs> yeah. You know, Oh, this is magazine ripper. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just, names. um, yeah, it's just weird names. I, I don't, unless you really know a particular brand and that's another one you get into is branding. Yeah, of weed. Branding. Um, packaging, packaging, packaging. I'm not a thing. fan of it. It's a big I, thing though I now, because a lot of hyperwolves they come with the fucking. That's what maybe that's what it is because I notice sometimes the packaging looks fire, right? And you expect Dude, the bud to be fire, and then sometimes packaging. I'm le- I'm let down by how it okay. looks, and then I'm like, this shit ain't really all that. You know? Old school way is you would walk in the dispensary, <clears throat> or even your neighborhood guy. <laughs> We yeah. all had a guy. Yes, I know right? that guy. We miss the guy, don't we? We miss <laughs> yeah, the guy. I do. He was. I my, miss the guy. I used to go chill and watch TV and get a yeah, sack. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes the guy was a few guy or a girl or yeah. you know. Anyway, we miss that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I miss the days of being able to walk into a to a dispensary and looking at a jar, mm-hmm. smelling that jar, and saying, "Oh, I want that nug. I want that particular nugget." And then they say, all right, cool. They get the Ziploc baggie out or your medical you jar. you smell it, yeah. touch it. And, and they weigh that shit out right there in front yeah, of you. Yeah, that's Boom, true. here you go. The jar. And they, you know, it's in a Ziploc bag and they might write the name on the bag. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, that's but it's coming out the jar. Yeah, it's yeah, coming out the jar. Yeah, you know, jar. it's coming out your jar. Yeah. You know, um, that's old school and that's the way to go to, I think. Yeah. But because the government and bureaucracy got involved and businesses got involved in branding, now you got to have... You know, like, let's take this jar, for example, you know, of course, we're on audio, so you can't really see this, but uh, put this jar I'm holding in my hand. You have to have a California label on it. Yeah. You know, like to to exclusively say this is from California. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I go, let's say I keep this jar and I go to Nevada, I just got caught for interstate travel. Oh shit! They're gonna say you're smuggling, right? Oh, you're smuggling. Yeah. You're you're a criminal. You're smuggling so, this you little know, nug. Immediately, you're already <laughs> fucking us there. That's one step. Yeah. And then on the other thing, I'll give you this. Um, kind of like our food labels, everything's got to be labeled on the jar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. You know your your THC it causes content. Cancer. Yeah, your yeah, THC content that. or your calorie content. You know whatever. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not gonna knock that aspect of. it. I think it's pretty cool to have the listing of the cannabinoids and THC and all that. That's cool. But all the other shit, fuck it. We don't need it. Yeah. We don't need. And then we'll get into this brand, the, the branding thing. I, um, I'm, I'm going to throw cookies on blast. Okay. It, well, let me just, let me just say this real quick though. My three favorite strains. I got them. I got okay, them for okay. you. Ready? My three favorite strains would be Gorilla Glue. Okay. Blue Dream and the OG, OG Kush. That's the classic. That's the first one I ever so come ask out. You, what does OG stand for? <laughs> OG, the original gangster. Nope. <laughs> see, the original see? Kush. <laughs> no, 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 you're wrong. The okay, actual, let's tell me, tell me. It actually stands for Ocean Grown. 
The original strain of Kush being grown up in the Humboldt, Northern California, was co- was grown right on the coastline, up, especially in Oregon too, in north. So in all the, up in the forest over there, exactly, out. and that's near the ocean, so it was ocean grown OG. Mm. That's where the OG Kush. And when I hear a lot of rappers too on podcasts, like I've heard Be Real and all them, they always ask, "What's your favorite strain?" And that's that's their go to, Doc. OG Kush is always. I guess yeah. it's just the reliability of it, dog. You know, no matter what, you know what you're getting when you get some OG Kush. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is. But back to what you were saying, branding. So, so like, I'll tell you this. Um, I went, I uh, was in 2020. I did this little tour where uh, I was in San Francisco, Palm Springs, Hollywood. I was in a bunch of different cities all in a small amount of time. Uh, so San Francisco, I go to Hyatt Ashbury. Okay. I go to the cookie store in Hyatt Ashbury. Cool place. Go Burner check it store out, guys. Here. Burner, the, the, the uh, Burner rapper. store. Yep. Yeah. Cookies. Uh, so I buy uh, two eights, a quarter, <clears throat> two eights of Gary Payton cookies. And that's supposed to be their best Their that's best. That's supposed strength. to be one of their best strains, yeah, right? Yeah, their best strains. So immediately, I know I smoke one of those eights there in Frisco. Mm-hmm. The other eight came home with me. A few weeks later, I'm in Palm Springs. I go to that cookie store in Palm Springs. I see another thing of Gary Payton. I'm going to pick up two more Gary Paytons because I liked it. It was fire. It was not the same shit. <laughs> Visibly different. Oh, man. Even when know. I got home and I compared the package, everything. The packaging's the same. Yeah. Because you can buy that shit on Amazon. You can buy that shit anywhere in the world. True. The weed inside, completely two different strains. And you can just tell off the look. You can just tell by the look, the smell, the taste, everything. The high, everything. So well, that right there is the problem with branding and marketing. You know, you everybody in this local market, they're going to sell this local market's weed. And then you're going to move 50 miles up the road. It's different weed. Uh-huh. You know, right now it's not consistent in the market. We haven't had a huge enough grow to sustain the marketplace. So you get a lot of different strains, a, little, a lot of different growers selling and supplying to these brands. So, so-called brands. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what, man? And um, that's what I was going to say too. I remember exhibit in an interview talking about, how people were ripping off brass Napalm. knuckles. Oh, and the brass knuckles too. He was saying that people were ripping off the cartridges from brass knuckles mm-hmm. and making their own shit and then finding the, the shit from China to repackage I, it and send it out. Uh, another you know? thing, you've not heard me promote cartridges. I will not promote cartridges. Yeah. I will not promote vapes. I don't like smoking those anymore. Exactly. I will not promote vapes, cartridges, any of those kind of products. I don't know what's in them. Who's making them? Who's making them? What's in it? I'm again. I'm old school. Give me my, give me my fucking green with a pipe or paper, my bong, whatever. Yeah. I'm. That's how it's supposed. Preferably to be. a bong. Yeah, you know, preferably <laughs> a bong. So I could just take two ribs you know, and be lit. You don't. You don't. How would I put it? You don't need to be in the mall blowing clouds. Yeah. You don't need to be walking down the street blowing clouds. Yeah. You know, this vape thing, and I'm. I'm talking about tobacco vapes too. I just think it's it's weird. I think for me too, it started to, when I heard that from exhibit and I would try certain carts, I would look at the juice. Sometimes it was darker than usual or mm-hmm. something. Right. And I'm like, I would start hitting it and I would get a headache and I'm like, this has got to be or some long term. If you're asthmatic, yeah, you, 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 your, cough, your cough you. sounds different also as well. And you're just like, this shit is not, this is not a hundred percent, you know what I think it is. Let me let me just stick to the flower. I just stick to the yeah. flower, man. I don't really mess with the carts anymore, you know. Flowers and I was heavy on them because of that reason, though. I did like 
the fact that you could be at the movies, you could be out at the beach, you could be in it, your it room. It has its appeal. And it doesn't smell. But then again, then again, you quick. really need to be that high all the time. And yeah, that's the one and thing the I didn't is, like. Yes, you do. <laughs> nah, that's true. No. But what I will say, the high with the pen was sometimes a little too intense for what I needed. Um, sometimes I like to catch a little bit of a buzz. Didn't I? I gave you some pins too, huh? Yeah, you gave me some yeah, pins. Yeah, I, I, I done some promo with... Um, God damn, I can't remember the name of the company now. Uh, anyway, I did a, I did, I, I did some video work with this company. Mm-hmm. And uh, they gave me a shitload of product. And again, I'm not a vape fan, so I gave it to you. And mm-hmm. I think I, some other few friends I had. And it's... Hey, if that if that's what you want to get high on, hey, that that's fine by me. But. What about dabs? How do you feel about dabs? I, I am a dabber. You I like took dabs? a I took a fat fucking dab before I came in. I'm surprised <laughs> I'm awake right now. Because I got to get prepared for the podcast. <laughs> Shit, man! I I came home from work tonight. It, it, I put in almost a 12 hour day today. I was tired as fuck. Yeah. Come home. I took just one nice size dab. And I had to set an alarm just so I didn't fall asleep to come do your. <laughs> Hell yeah, he made it out to the shiesty show. Nah, but what I will say though, there's a lot of traffic between here and there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you wouldn't get it if you don't live in the thieves. But let me tell you, nah. But the one thing I will say about um, the pens is, like I said, it was very convenient sometimes to be able to just pull it out in a mall or whatever. But like you said, I don't need to be. Even no matter how much you smoke weed, you're going to get paranoid sometimes. And I I'll always, tell you this. And the, I always felt like the pens made me paranoid, bro, because it was just a little bit too much. The, you know? The only time I really used a pen was when I went to Disneyland. And I was That's at perfect. Disneyland. You're at Disneyland, you know, 12, 13, whatever hours in that slow day. Rip, slow rip. Oh, you know. And, uh, yeah, you know, slow take little rip rips here and there. walking through the park here yeah, and there. Yeah, that's you know. nice. That's but the, the, dab, the dab thing, I, I was going to say, too, now I remember. The dab thing is, uh, I just felt always kind of weird, like bringing out a torch and like blowing you shit do, down. You do look to, I, <laughs> right? If you saw I, some I dude in the like car, if you I saw feel... some dude in the car doing that, you would automatically just be like, "Oh yeah, he's fucking oh, yeah, doing no, you're right, you're crack right. or something." Like, I'm sitting, you know? I'm sitting there alone in my bedroom, and you get your torch out, and you're like, "You set a timer on, hey Siri, start timer sixty seconds." You know? Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. And then you just take these rips, and then uh, the way the way I call it is a uh, tr- space travel. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Uh, that's just it, it's a rocket ship to the moon. Yeah, if you want to get high, if you want to get high fast, that's the route for you. But for me, I like the whole process of rolling up a blunt, breaking down my weed. I like to oh, look yeah. at it, see how it smells. The, the dabs I love are, purple in my weed too. The dabs are fun mode. when. You just want to take one quick little rip and you're good. For and you got to go somewhere. You're like, okay. Oh, yeah, you got to go somewhere. You're, you're just, like, I just want to get yeah. high real quick and be good. Yeah, exactly. That's when dabs are good for you. Well, let's get back to this, uh, your branding here. Kai Mouth Kings, if y'all ain't know, my boy was a videographer back in the days. This is when Kai Mouth Kings was back doing. still. I'm back doing, uh, This is when Kai Mouth Kings was big time doing tours with Dr. Dre, uh, the Up and Smoke Tour, Ice Cube. All the legends, you know. Uh, how was that for you? Well, let me ask you this. How did you get to know those guys, first of all? Oh, man. So. How did it um, start from there? It's a very long, boring story, but I'll, I'll tell you a brief part of it. No, we got the podcast, uh, man. <laughs> we got all day here. <laughs> okay, so so before the Cottonmouth Kings was a band, yeah, they were a different band called the Humble Gods. 
Uh, so that would be Brad from Cottonmouth and Louie from Cottonmouth. Yeah. The drummer and the lead singer. They had a band called the Humble Gods. Uh, they would come up to the high desert where I was living. And I was already, I think and I was. And this is like what? This is like Victorville? Feel, feeling Victorville High area? Desert, Rightwood, feeling area of okay. Victorville. Okay. Um, we got to let the people know. We got to know, you know what I mean? Where it started right here. So I grew up, I happened to actually live on the same block as the STP house. If you don't know what the STP house is, Sublime, famous Sublime, oh, has a song called STP, The Secret Tweak Pad. That place was in Phelan. Oh, there you that go. little pad actually had a bunch of musicians living in it. It is a bunch of tweaker pad musicians I, I, in and out. I did hear that Subline at this around this time probably was doing like backyard concerts and all shit. the time. We're right doing there, backyard that's what they parties. were doing. Uh, and so one of the groups that lived there was a group called Mulch. Mm-hmm. And Mulch became I became friends with those guys, uh, hanging out with them, promoting for their shows all around the high desert. Uh, and then Humble Gods would start coming around doing shows with them, and I became their little rep guy for the High Desert because they were from Hollywood. They were actually the Humble Gods were actually on Easy E's first record. And let's just to be straight, Humble Gods is what turned in to Cottonmouth. Okay, Kings, okay. Yes. So Humble Gods. So I started promoting for Humble <clears throat> back in the High Desert back when I was in seventh and eighth grade. Yeah. And then Cottonmouth formed, and along the way, doing all the house parties, and I was always there taking camera, my camera, video. Um, along the way, Brad asked me, just jump on. Let's just keep filming. Uh, they eventually got onto Capitol records. They had their own, when they were on Capitol, they had their own video stuff. Mm-hmm. When they started suburban noise records, I came back on and that was roughly what? 2001 ish, 2002. Okay. So, so suburban, what was it called? Suburban noise records. That was Cotton Mouse King's record label. Yeah. And okay. actually next year they're celebrating 25 years, 25 years. Okay. Suburban noise I records. Didn't know that. I didn't know they had their own record. Label. Oh, it's going to be big next year, man. We're going to do a big bunch of, uh, <clears throat> reunion tours, album drops, anniversary stuff. It's next year's going to be crazy. Okay. So back to the story, their record, they got the record company. So, so you yeah, come back once on. they were on suburban noise, it was all independent in house. Call your brothers, call your friends. Let's get this, you know, low budget type of shit. Uh, and that's where I came along. Uh, I would just jump on the bus and or drive myself a lot of the times. Go to the shows, film shows, and uh, started becoming, I guess you would say, like a roadie for them. Mm-hmm. And doing shows and that's not, not how just Cotton Mouth, but the, every band that was on Suburban Noise and SRH at the time. And 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 that's how you got to get your, your stripes, right? You got to do exactly. all, the dirty, earn, work, yeah. all the dirty did, work. I put in the work early on. Yeah. Uh, and now... 25 26 years later here i am i'm still rocking still doing shows with these guys i'm now actually i'll jump on stage and i'll jump and do a couple songs with <laughs> yeah i've seen that i've seen that on yeah. your ig um but back to the younger days was it uh because they were known for being potheads as well how how were the how was the after the show how was it like was it party after all the time legendary after <laughs> was parties- it party all the time Yep. Oh, man, fucking smoke so thick you can't see two feet in front of you. Because let's not forget, yeah. these guys were doing shows with Dr. Dre, Eminem, fucking Ice Cube. If you name you know? it, we basically the Cottonmouth was a major opening band for a lot of bigger acts. Cypress Hill. Mm-hmm. Tech, oh, yeah, yeah, Cypress you know, Hill. What's crazy is Tech 9 used to open for us. Now it's reverse. We, we would open for Tech now. Mm-hmm. You know, it, a lot of the, Lincoln Park, same thing. Lincoln Park would open for Cottonmouth, and then it was like a reversal overnight. Cottonmouth started opening for Lincoln. Hey, but that's cool that they can come back around and be like, hey, you helped us when we needed you. Let yeah. us throw you a line yeah. and y'all come back. 
because they were big time at one time. I remember my cousin getting that Up in Smoke tour 2001 on DVD. I filmed that. Yeah, and that's what I was going to get to. <laughs> he bought that DVD, and I remember we would watch it religiously because they had Steel Dre, they had Snoop Dogg come out, they had Cotton Mouth King, they had Bone Thugs. Mm-hmm. It was just one of the best things, dude. So how was that experience? I mean, I mean actually, that is a very fun. The Up in Smoke 2002 show. Yeah, that's what that's it was. what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you that. So I was living in Maui, mm-hmm. actually, in all of 2002. Back to Hawaii? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was living in Maui. And around uh, October, November-ish of that year, our lease was up. Me and Jason, we had an apartment together. Our lease was up. Uh, I had a phone conversation with Brad from Cottonmouth, and he asked me if I can come out. He thought I was still in California at the time. I had to correct him. I was like, dude, I'm not even in Cali. <laughs> yeah. But he was like, well, if you can come out to the fucking show, come out and film this. We need you. Da, da, da. So long story short, I was like, fuck, fuck Maui. I ended up leaving. I left Maui November 20th, 2002. Uh, that show, I think was the 22nd or the 23rd, something like that. It's like literally two or three days after I got back. Mm-hmm. Uh, go and do that, that show, the Up and Smoke show, Up and Smoke tour, Cypress, all that whole show. I was one of the main videographers. I was on the ground floor right by the stage. So if you see any stage footage looking up, that's pretty much my footage. And for uh, all you young people, go look this up on YouTube. 2002, oh, dude, Up in I got Smoke to Tour. film Snoop Dogg, Everlast, Sniper's Hill. It was it was an awesome opportunity to film right there. Because basically they're saying if you're their cameraman for Cottonmouth King, just record everybody. Yeah, exactly. That's basically what they're saying. I right? think it was actually the media. It was called Eagle Media or Eagle One Media. Some company like that. You can look it up. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that actually hired us all. Okay. You know. Um, and you guys just all kind of worked as a team. Yes. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that, you know, and I had done other projects with them. We did like a dirt riot DVD later on and some other shit. Okay. You know, um, I, I like to claim uh, even on my Instagram, my video footage has been seen by over a million people. <laughs> Hell yeah, dog. That, that, I'm telling you that DVD, that's not just that was the sold cotton in mouth footage. That's yeah. not just cotton mouth. Yeah. I've gotten into a lot of other things and, yep. Taco God, Andy Roy. Yeah. We just, the list goes on and on and on. I do watch that Taco Guy sometimes. And I seen you did uh, some with, um, what's his name with the guy that does Cholo Fit? Ah, Cholo Fit. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cool cat. Yeah, well, hold on, but let's, let's get back to Cottonmouth real quick yeah, yeah. and then we'll talk about him. But um, the Cottonmouth situation. So, how was that scene, Dre, seeing all those guys? This is the it, prime of their careers right here, oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. It, I can tell you every. How was the vibe in the building? That day. Every show was... It's all family. Everyone's love. Yeah. If you are with the... You know, there is this bro attitude. There is that bro aspect. But, hey, if you come and act like a dumbass, you're going to get treated like a dumbass. Yeah. You know? And if you're fucking cool, you'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the best advice I can give people. Don't yeah. be a dumbass. But, um, yeah, man. That's, like I said, that's some of the most legendary... Some of the most legendary... I even seen Exhibit talk about it one time on a podcast and he was saying how like that was the most fun that all those guys had going yeah. on that tour right there, man. Exhibit's a real fucking cat, man. Every time I've gotten a chance to talk with him and hang out with him, that dude's real as fuck. He answers all every question I've asked him, you know, and he, he's, I can approach him like, like I've known the guy for years. He, the guy's really fun and approachable. He, he's, he's yeah. cool. So yeah, that's me, me being from the West coast as one of my favorite rappers. How is he? Uh, very humble, very down to earth. Yeah, exhibit. I've I've worked with Exhibit now twice. No, 
Yeah, two times. Kush, the Kush stock, right? I, yeah, I've done some Kush stock. No, I did some napalm videos with him, too. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Yeah. That's his uh, oh, weed no, brand, no, if you no, guys don't know. Three. There is three events. Two Kush stocks and the napalm one. Yeah, the you're napalm, right. yeah. The one that comes in the grenade, if you mm-hmm. see that, that's exhibit right there. Yeah, yeah. So, how was it... Um, yeah, like, how was it meeting it? Like, that's one of my favorite rappers, and I think... I was telling one of my friends this. I don't think he gets a lot of respect now because kids or people younger remember him from Pit My Ride. But See, at one time, Exhibit was one of the most dopest the MCs. The thing with the Pimp My Ride, you know, that's a the Pimp My Ride kind of, and and to do those shows, that's a double edged sword for a guy like Exhibit. You know, you already have your career as a rapper and you're established here. Now, do you want to move into this acting and this kind of thing? On one hand. Why not? Let's do this. And you might think, okay, the TV shows one thing. It's going to be fun and everything. I don't think Exhibit knew at that time. It was going to be big. How the big? The global. Yeah, and how big it not was. Not just here in America. Pimp My Ride was huge all over the all world. All over the world, yeah. And what that did, not <clears throat> just for West Coast Customs, but what that did for Exhibit as a rapper, that blew him up. Yeah. You know, that more than his him, music was exactly yeah. pimp my ride put him on more stages than x to the z mm-hmm. and x to the z is one of the baddest songs ever <laughs> it, it, you know yeah. but at that point it's funny because in that same podcast he was saying how he's like i got more recognized from soccer moms knowing about pimp my ride <laughs> yeah you're right than he you're did right. for his raps you know you know but somebody had to do that show yeah Hey, you know what? At that time, that show was cool, man. I think he did a good job. Exactly. He no, did a he, good he job did good. doing he, that. He did good. He, Yeah. He so, was all right. So going back to Cottonmouth Key things, uh, Kings thing. Um, so how are those guys now? How does it, it look when those guys do a show? Well, or... right now, uh, there's only one original member of the Cottonmouth Kings pretty much doing it now. Yeah. Everyone else. Retired? Well, well two guys have passed on. Saint, uh, Saint Dog, yeah, Saint, Saint Dog, unfortunately, Saint Dog, Saint Dog Stephen, he passed Sorry. away uh, October Rest of twenty. Rest in peace. Uh, and Pakalika passed away August of two thousand twelve. So uh, both those guys rest in peace for Pac and Saint. Uh, the other guys from Cottonmouth, they're just doing off doing their own thing. They don't really. I seen that. Uh, I'm gonna lie. I seen that back to the hotel. That one was pretty good, man. The because I love the original. I love the original oh, song. Fuck, man. The original oh. song is classic. In deep, yeah. So, so I'll tell you, that was a fun weekend. Um, I originally just went out there to hang out and, and party. And, and let me just set this up. Cottonmouth Kings did a song while well, some of the members. Richter, Johnny Richter from Cottonmouth. There's a side member called Chucky Chuck. He has a band called Chucky Chuck D Gaff. Don't and, give a fuck. And these guys went to Vegas, and uh, Mario was there. They did a music video called Back to the Hotel. Well, right. yeah, so, so. so I'll set this up. There's an Arizona rapper. Uh, he actually runs with Yellow Wolf. His name is Stack Styles. Oh, Yellow Wolf, and big St- time. Sta- Stack is the shit. Dude. I love Stack Styles. Yeah. Uh, so this is actually his project, his idea. He brought his own camera crew and everything. Richter and, and uh, Chucky had me, basically. So I, I filmed their parts, and that's yeah. kind of how we all budgeted. Um, we did it. Stack Styles parts were done right there in the the Hangover Suite inside Caesar's Palace mm-hmm. in Vegas. So that was a fun. I was the fun, one they used for the film. Yeah, exactly. That was a fun place to to be in oh, that yeah. room and the history of that room. You know? yeah. Fuck, you know how many people have been up in that room and then we're filming a video. It, it's just cool in there. Yeah. Uh, and then the other parts, Richter's part and Chucky's part, we filmed at the Rio, mm-hmm. and that's where the fun began. Mm-hmm. So we had a. King, yeah, we had a king size suite 
inside the Rio. And we were filming a music video at 1 a.m. with 25 people in the hotel room. Because the song is back to the hotel. We're partying yeah, in the hotel, yeah, you know. Back to the hotel, yep. You know? Well, uh, <clears throat> we actually wrapped. We were done. We finished. Uh, and then we're smoking basically a celebratory blunt. And that set off the fire alarm. <laughs> okay, what's and, a celebratory blunt here? Uh, <laughs> the celebratory blunt is we're done filming. We're fucking toasting. Really, <laughs> yeah, you know, we had one more scene the very next day, and that, yeah. that was it. But the hotel shit was done. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, the alarms go off. Dude, we smoked out the whole 12th floor of the Rio. Nobody came and, came and banged on the oh, door? Oh, they banged on the door. <laughs> Metro, Metro came to. in. So get this, bro. And this is all on video. So yeah. if you don't believe me, you can go to YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com slash subnoise with a Z. 951. That's my YouTube. Or you can type in DGAF shenanigans, Vegas. And this video. So let me tell you, in this video... My boy Dun Dun, he drinks some Everclear. If you don't know what Everclear is, we just we got fucked up on Everclear, right? Well, Dun Dun, Dun Dun passed out. Yeah. Dun Dun was just Dun Dun, uh, and it was one of these scenes. As we're clearing out the room, I'm one of the last people in the room. I got to clean out my camera equipment and grab my weed, my bong, and everything. And I know the cops are coming, you know. And I literally am one of the last people out the door. I remember looking over at Dun Dun just passed out as fuck on the bed. And it was one of those, I got to leave my buddy like on the battlefield type of things. (laughs) He'll be all right. He'll be all right. (laughs) And you see in the video, yeah, the cops didn't even fuck with him. The cops were like, he's passed out. Fuck him, you know, whatever. He's had a long night, huh? He's had a long night. But nah, I did. um, Great video though. Yeah, look it up. Yeah, look it up. If you guys haven't seen, look it up. It's called Back to the Hotel. It's a remix of the original. Back to the Hotel with Stack Styles. It's a remix of an original song uh, from End Too Deep. Uh, Great song. Uh, I listened to it, man, and I liked it. I I watched it because of you. I watch your content sometimes, and I was like, let me go check it out, you know. And it was uh, it was pretty dope. Former member of Cotton Mountain Kings were in it. So, you know, it was pretty dope. I had to check it out. Well, and then that boy Chucky that's in it, he just made national headlines on TMZ for his uh, smoke cannon at Whoa, Kushtop. What the hell? What he, so, what's this? Smoke you, you, cannon. Didn't, you didn't see that? No, like, I that didn't shit see made this national headlines. Uh, so <laughs> I'm a, a smoker. I didn't see there's, this. One. There's a company out there called Elite Solutions. Okay. Based out of Anaheim. So, uh, they make this smoke cannon. We basically put about a pound of weed in a, weed, in a, in a leaf blower. And set that shit on fire. Mm, oh, I see we, those now. Yeah, yeah. We no just blow just the whole smoke the crowd. whole building now. Yeah, you know. <laughs> if cool, you don't know man. the Chucky Chuck DGAF, DGAF is a don't give a fuck, or DGAF actually, you know, it stands for uh, we're we're doing God a favor. Oh yeah, we're a man. Christian soccer organization. No, that was a cool. That was a cool, uh, cool video. Now I want to bring up some some other shit this guy's been through in music. He was he told me a story about. How he got to see Eminem before Eminem was famous. So <laughs> let me, you got to tell the people this. You got to, me, uh, can you please hand me the beer right there though? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want to hear, I want to hear this story. Let's let the people so, hear it. I think we're going to have to pack another bowl. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, here, this one's Ash. That cat yeah. mouth kush. <laughs> yeah. Pack, pack another one. I'll tell this story here. Pack okay. It. Let me, yeah. Let me hear this. So, uh, this goes back to 99. Again, I'm old kids. Kids, I'm old. Uh, 1999, Eminem, Slim Shady. The Warped Tour, the Vans Warped Tour. I would go every year. I've been going to the Warped Tour from since 95 when it was actually born in Orange County. Uh, so that's how, if you don't know that, the original Warped Tour is called Born in Orange County, kids. 
So anyway, uh, Eminem's on stage and he's singing about fuck him and fuck women and all whatever he whatever his fucking shenanigan was back then. And I, I just didn't like it. I wasn't a big fan. I'll be honest. I wasn't. I'm a I'm a 17, 18 year old punk rock kid. I just didn't fucking. And let's it. set this up. You said this was in Big Bear, right? Uh, no, this is San Bernardino. San Bernardino, okay. San Bernardino, uh, at the uh, Nas Center or National Orange Show. Okay, yep. So uh, Eminem's on the smaller stage. Actually, he's not even on the main stage. He's on because one he's of the not smaller... a headliner. At yeah, the time. He, he, it's actually D12. Yeah. It's actually Eminem with D12. And he, he's on stage, and he's singing, and I just didn't like his rhetoric. I just didn't like it. And I looked down at the ground, and I seen a 7-Up bottle, like a plastic half-drank 7-Up bottle. Picked it up, and I just threw it as hard as I could, and I hit Eminem right above the left eye. Like, boom, right in the fucking head. Before he was a legend. <laughs> Before he was a legend, of course. And uh, he he, uh, he gets all pissed off. You know, like, fuck Sam Rodino. Him and Bizarre were like, fuck this shit. And they stormed off stage, and they basically in, I ended the Eminem show. Um, but let me tell you, the, the, the funny thing to that is, like I said, that was 17, 18-year-old me. The me now at 40, it, honestly, if Eminem, Shim Shady, Marshall Mathers, if he gets a hold of this, I truly apologize, actually. I now look back at that as, dude, I'm a fucking, fuck me, I'm a punk kid, fuck you. What the fuck am I doing, you know? Because here, here is Marshall Mather. I'm going to take the entertainer out of it. I'm going to add the man. Mm-hmm. The man, so. Marshall Mathers, is cross-country trying to do the best he can to provide for himself and his kids. And this is the best he can do. And here I am, some punk kid throwing shit at him. Fuck me, you know? Well, let me so say this. I would apologize were the, to him today. Were, were the bars whack or you just were being... I just didn't like them. I just, just didn't get... Rude. I was a punk kid, bro. Okay, I That's the it, truth. Yeah. That is the God honest truth. Yeah. I was a punk kid and I didn't respect it. Now mm-hmm. as an adult, I look back and I see the man. Mm-hmm. And I see what he was doing. And I, I truly... I would apologize to him right now if if I would shake his hand and be like, I, I'm sorry for throwing that bottle at you. Well, bro. Slim Shady Eminem, if you ever hear this <laughs> shiesty show from my boy Mario. It's the truth. I, yeah. You know, he's sorry. That's maturity right there, yeah, bro. That's that growing is. up. That's, nah, that's that, is, that is, man. I just wanted to get that story on the podcast. That's why I wanted to have you on to just pick your brain. And you know, I, it's funny is uh, I do know people close to Eminem, and I have shared that story. One of my boy, Chris Glove, if you don't know the Glove. Uh, the glove is legendary, fucking reckless, Ice T reckless. Look it up. Uh, so I told the glove that story, and he said he was, you know, he would tell Eminem one day. So I'm sure that story gets around. And it's, uh, I think, something like that for an artist trying to make it. I'm pretty sure that sticks out in his mind, bro. He probably doesn't have no idea who you are. Oh, but, but I he gar- remembers the incident. Yeah, I'm guaranteed he read, remembers the incident. I'll tell you. You know, I've now been around entertainers and entertainment pretty much all my life, 30-something years. Um, and I get it. I, I truly get what they're trying to do, and, you know, I, I would apologize to them. And as myself, as a comedian, I've gotten booed off the stage. Mm-hmm. I'm on stage trying to tell jokes as a comedian, and people don't buy it. Some crowds are rougher than others. Well, let me let's, – let's, that's a great segue, segue to hop into this. Uh, Mario Reyes is an inspired comedian. He's doing his thing. He's been doing shows. So, I want, first question I always want to ask: How does it feel bombing on stage? Because that's got to be one of the worst things. It's actually good. It's good. It lets, I, you, know, I, it lets you know that it's not working, and it lets you know where you got to go and retool. 
You know, not every night can, not every joke can win, and every set be be a winner. You you gotta have those bombs. You gotta have those failures to succeed, and that's how you learn. You know, I, I know I've been doing comedy now. I'm I'm on my second go. I started back up in 2020, but before that, before you met me. I mm-hmm. did comedy from 2006. I remember, I remember that you told me you were doing comedy. I was on Sirius. I was on Sirius XM. I yeah. actually started comedy in 06. Dude, I'm got this worst cotton mouth. <laughs> this weed just hold on. And he is wearing a cotton mouth shirt. <laughs> well, yeah, SRH actually, but yeah. I get all my shirts from SRH. But the bombing on stage has got to be one of the craziest um, feelings, right? It. No, actually, one of the worst feelings is when you're in, when you're on stage and there's nobody in the crowd. That's the worst. So you'd rather get bombed than not have I, nobody in the yeah, show? Yeah, I hate, the show. there's shows where there's only four or five people in the crowd. Yeah. I hate those shows. It's like, I, I, it's dead. You're talking to a fucking wall. Yeah. You know, and then I performed in front of four or 500 people and it's, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I hear like Joe Rogan and all these guys that are comedians. Bombing is just going to happen. It happens yeah. to everybody. So yeah. I just always wanted to know how a comedian would feel bombing. Because I feel like it would be for a rapper. Because, you know, I make music and rap. I think of it's the same thing for a rapper to go on stage. And like you said, people start throwing things. And boo. So yeah. I just wanted. But I think for a comedian, it's so direct because these people are just looking well, straight at you. Comedy is <laughs> you very know, su- comedy is very subjective. Yeah, I could sit here and make a joke, and let, let's just say there's five people in the room. Three of them are going to laugh, and two of them are going to be offended, or the other way around. Mm-hmm. That's just how comedy is. It's subjective. Yeah, and, mu- and while music music can be subjective as well, because some people like they always say some people are going to hate it, some people are going to love it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's, I say lately, I can't tell you of a, I'm going to not say rappers or rap music, but bands, music, heart, like rock and roll music. There's not been a band out there that have caught my attention in the last 20 years, honestly. And what would be the last band? The, the last group that I actually liked, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to even say it was 21 Pilots. 21 Pilots. Which is just two and guys. I know who, and I know who that is. Which is just two guys from yeah. Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I even see them live back in night in November of nineteen. They put on a fucking awesome show. Mm-hmm. The the sound these two guys make that it's awesome. I've not really seen that out of the industry. What I've been seeing in the last ten years this auto tune bullshit SoundCloud. Every rapper sounds the same. Yeah, right? this every rapper sounds the same. Rap bullshit. You know, I respect real. I respect realness. Now. When was the last time I've seen any rapper out there with a real guitar, real drum, real real instruments? Anything. No, you haven't seen it in even a long when, time. Even in, and another thing to add on to that is like, I feel like when we we were younger, like 90s, early 2000s, I feel like every artist had a different style. They had their own unique thing, right? Everyone's almost the same now. Yeah, and like they, they had their own way to carry themselves, the way they rap. It's very cookie cutter. Yeah, and now um, it's just same thing. Like a factory, print it out. Yeah, print it no, out, print I want. It out, print I want to see the return of live music. I want instruments. In instruments, dude. I went to a place in Riverside. If you guys are listening, it's called Back to the Grind. It's a coffee shop in downtown Riverside. I seen one of the best shows ever. 
It was a black guy on a guitar, and it was a white boy on the uh, what oh, is yeah. that? The harmonica. They do come some cool shows. At and he was doing too. it. They were doing it in a little patio area where mm-hmm. you could drink and you could smoke. They were just right there playing. He had a little amp. The guy was on his harmonica. The white boy yeah. and the black guy was just jamming. Dude, that was some of the best. Like just seeing that live creation was some of the best things like I ever saw. You know, the live music to me, it's an art that you just because even if you it's mess, awesome. even if you mess up and you're a good guitar player, you can mess up and just and then nobody would even notice <laughs> because it's live. You know what yeah. I mean? It's all in the moment. You know what I mean? So it it was cool. It was cool to see live instrumentation like that. But as far as these new rappers, like we said, a lot of this, it's just here today, gone tomorrow. Here today, gone tomorrow. There's no more M&Ms. There's no more 50 cents. Nah. There's no more. It, it's all, everyone wants to sound the same. They talk about the same thing. You know, it's, yeah, it's all I, the same, man. I don't know if we're ever going to see the day again of a mega seller like an M&M, like a Dre, like a Snoop. I think those days are long gone. And that's because the music industry has definitely changed with this digital world. We, even the way we buy music now. When was the last time you bought a CD? (laughs) Shit, like 2000. Right? 12, 11. It's all digital. Our cars. J. Cole's album. That was the last one. If you've bought a car in the last five years, it doesn't have a CD player in it. Forest Hill Drive. Yeah, it doesn't. I think my car is 2012 and it has a CD driver, drive a Honda Accord here. I have, I have a 17 and it has a CD player, but it's Bluetooth. It doesn't. Well, I have the option of doing all that shit too. Now, if you go look at the 18 models of the Santa Fe, there's no CD players. So I have like the very last year. It's like a fucking dinosaur. Like if you see somebody in my life, you see somebody flipping through CDs, he would be like, oh man, hey. (laughs) That's actually right. I'm gonna You'd tell be you like, hey, that guy got he got a CD hey, player. We, we've all I'm sure oh, you've shit. had things stolen from you in your life. CDs. It's Hell any yeah, any object, any item. No, but I would say for you, but, having CDs. Yeah, stolen? CD. That was one of the hardest things Hell for me. Yeah, dude. I'll tell you this, dude. In all of my music and entertainment, I I had this um, CD catalog, like a big book, and I had every album cover signed. Sure. Like so, basically every band that I came across, I had tons of autographs. And was that cool? And that was that coming through because you being cool, Kamal yeah, Kings yeah. and all dude, that. Dude, I had autographs from you would, if you name it, dude, I had the fucking autograph basically. And One, getting to see those guys, huh? Yeah, and um, I made the mistake of leaving that CD wallet in my car on of all fucking nights, Christmas night. Trump. Of I think it was 2010. It's always got to be like a night you don't think it's. Yeah, it's like the night you don't think about it. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I come out to my car the very next day. My window smashed. The CD wallet's gone, dude. I literally collapsed to my knees, and and they could have taken anything else, but that one I I still can't get over to this day, dude. Yeah. Like fuck, man. The the shit. The 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 memories I lost. Well, I also have a cousin. Shout out to my cousin Jesse if you're listening. Uh, he told me a story too where he's about your age and um, he had all the CDs, the original CDs. He, he's mm-hmm. an Eminem fan, big Eminem fan. So he had all the original CDs and uh, he had an old school Honda. And he told me they got the universal key on mm. his Honda and he came back from somewhere and he seen out of everything too. He said out of everything, I just yeah. my CDs like 
these are things I'm never gonna get back. Yeah, it's unless like, I go and look for everything, but it's probably impossible. It, it's one of those you old. It, it's a fucked up thing to do, but if if I'm gonna admit, so when you're younger and you ever went to house parties, did you ever steal stuff from people's houses? You know what? I wasn't the biggest party person, but I can't say I ever was like, oh, let me steal some shit. I, I, me personally, I didn't. So the that. one thing you'd always want to take from a person's house, mm-hmm. especially if you're at a house party, you don't like the person. Oh, okay. That's family yeah. photos. <laughs> and why is that? Because they can't get that back. Yeah, that's personal. Especially the one on the wall. Right? It's personal shit. Exactly. Oh, it's personal. You know? So that's how I felt when my CDs got sold. I was like, dude, you took, you took grandma's photos, basically, bro. <laughs> I'm never going to get that shit Hey, back. you know what he told me, too? Like, uh, this is my cousin Jesse here. What he told me was he started to build up his collection, and he got robbed again. Mm. <laughs> he got yeah, robbed I, again, I dude. I knew a fool. I knew you a know? fool in high school. He had one of those big 200-disc CD changers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody came was up he put and into the back of the car and shit? I remember. Somebody straight jacked the entire changer, like all 200 discs. Yeah, the chamber where they come in. <laughs> No. I used to have one of those in my 98 Camry. It was a five, though. I didn't, have, like, the, I didn't have the 200. I had the five. I guess that is the one benefit of this digital age. Like, on my iPhone, I have, you know, Amazon Music. Yeah, you can just connect I, it to your I car. I have everything on Amazon Music. I don't need to have ZDs anymore, you know. But there are those times. Like, a year ago or so, I was driving through the Utah desert. There's no fucking signal. I had to pop in a CD. Yeah. You know, that's that's when it comes in handy. So you, so you being a comedian, um, give me some some comedians you kind of watch. Because uh, I just seen the Gabriel and Glesses new special on Fluffy's Netflix. Fluffy's funny. I, I've, I've gotten the packing out the Fluffy. Dodger Stadium. Congratulations to my boy Fluffy. I, I think he's one of the better comedians. But for you, who are people that you kind of look to? <sighs> Number one, I've always looked up uh, Sam Kinison. He he died actually when I was ten. Um, I hear Joe Rogan talking about him a lot. I can't say Sam, I'm very familiar with so his Sam work. So Sam Kennison, you can look him up. He he passed away when I in uh, what ninety two. Okay. Another comedian again, he's passed away. Would be George Carlin. Is he and the one that came out on Jay and Silent Bob? Jay, yeah, jo- yeah George him. Carlin is on he, Jay and Silent Bob. He was Bob. dope. I, I would watch him a little. You bit. You have to watch George Carlin. That man's legend. He's yeah, a legend. He, I and remember him in that movie too. Even if you're not a fan <clears> of comedy, watch his stuff. He he makes you think. He's he passed away. I believe he passed away in 08. I might be wrong. Yeah, he wasn't that. It's not as far back, but he he wasn't that long ago. You know, I might be wrong in the year that he passed. I think it's 08. I could be wrong. Um, But, yeah, look up some George Carlin shit. He was awesome. Another guy, uh, Mitch Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. I almost said Mitch Fatel. Mitch Fatel, he's funny in his own time. (laughs) Mitch Hedberg, that man is, he passed away in 05, but he's still a legend to me. So those three right there, they're, they're past. They're legends. Living wise, comedians, some of the guys I get to work with, mm-hmm. uh, Stoner Rob out of you know he was actually from Riverside, but he now based out of Vegas. He's hey, he's doing it big because I've heard him. Be, Stoner uh, Rob is awesome. He you know? they talked about it on a podcast with somebody. I can't yeah, remember so he, off the top of my head right now. Stoner Rob's he, he's a good friend. He's given me a lot of opportunities to open for him and perform, and he he opens for Cheech and Chong. Oh shit! There so you go. So I've gotten to big perform time. for Cheech and Chong royalty. Yeah, and meet Cheech and Chong and got to perform. And one of the greatest dude, I I performed at Kushstock, and Chong was there, and I came off the stage and Chong shook my hand and said that was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, to to know that a guy that my parents used to fucking watch, yeah. a legend, told me I was good. 
that dude that gives me motivation to never stop doing comedy and a lot of people don't know this was chong right that was tommy chong and a lot of people don't know this chong uh resurrected his career when he came out in that 70s show it's one of my favorite shows yeah oh man yeah. when he was a, when he was the piehead guy in that show man he, <laughs> they used to call him uh what was his name dude well tommy tommy uh, chong is always i think he's just he has that I remember his name right now career. chong has that roller coaster of a career where he, you know, he's up top, he's down low, up top and down low, and uh, th- those guys are getting old. And I'm gonna his name you, was Leo. Ah, Leo. I'll tell you though, when when I met Cheech and Chong, this was um a little over a year ago. Uh, Cheech looks old. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was standing right next to him. He he he's definitely aging. Chong still, you know, they're both aging, so they're they're living legends. And get out there and see them while you can. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you got to see them while you can. All right, man, and then uh, I just saw the news today. Donald Trump's running for president again, <laughs> 2024. How do you feel about that? Do you think he has a chance? I think that's just a bunch of nonsense. I don't think nothing's going to come of that. <laughs> I honestly don't. I, I think that's all hype. Um, honestly, and, and the truth, I don't like to talk politics, I'm, but I'll be straightforward. I'm not a fan. Yeah. I... I I saw a lot of ugliness in his presidency and it's, I don't think that's what Americans are made out of. And I don't think that's what we truly are. And I don't want to see that ugliness come back. Cause I feel like we're just now settling down out of it. Yeah. It I was, feel like we're starting I would say to get when back. he was, when he was president, it was hectic. It was. Yeah. Um, well, just look at January 6th. Mm-hmm. You know, has that, that's never happened at any time in history ever, Yeah. ever. And um, I I just I don't think we need to have that that kind of behavior around. Now, for me personally, what I will say, nobody's perfect, and just as much as I see Republicans do it to the Democrats, they're evil on both I sides. I see it them do matter. it the other way too, bro. It, it doesn't. You it know? doesn't. It's listen. just like it's like you can't win. You can't. It's it no win in me, there, bro. Listen to me. It doesn't you know? matter what side you're on. They're both evil. They're yeah, both they corrupt. Are. They're looking out for themselves at the yeah, end of the day. It, you know, it's like you try to pick a side, and you're like, "Oh, I'm on the good side," and then you find out, "Oh, no, that's not the good side. You done fucked up shit, just as the other side has." You know. Hey man, well, well, I'm, I'll leave it like this, dude. I, I have a dick, and it doesn't matter if I jerk off with my right hand or my left hand. My dick's still getting jerked <laughs> off, and that's how I look at politics and how I look at America. America is just a bunch of dicks, and it doesn't matter if the right or the left who's jerking it. At the end of the day, as long as we come and we're all happy, who cares? <laughs> you said it best, man. Hey, well, before we get out of here, dog, I always try to ask this because we live in Cali. What is your top five West Coast rappers? Strictly West Coast, dead or alive. What's your top five West Coast rappers? Wow. Yeah, put me on the spot like that. Um, I got to say West Coast because I feel like when you narrow it down to just a coast. Yeah, because if you, you know, instead of all time, dude, I can go some old school hip hop. And everyone always, and that's the number one and, everyone goes takes, to. But when I go old school, that takes me East Coast. Yep. Um, so top if you're asking for top five. Let me ask you, would you consider Tupac? Because originally New York, but he came to Cali. So that's a transplant. That's true, but I will say Tupac rep the, represented more for the so, West Coast. again, number one, right off the bat, is going to be Dre. Snoop, number one. Dre, number two. Uh, 
my boy Eric Schroeder, Everlast, that's going to be on the list right there, House of Pain. Got to fucking you know, jump hold on, hold on one more time. Start over right here. Ready? Go ahead. Top five. Top five. Number one, Snoop Dogg. There we go. Uh, number two is going to be Eric Schroeder. Okay. Everlast. Everlast. Because you got to jump around. That's the House of Pain right there. <laughs> Everlast was cool. You know. Whitey Ford. Whitey Ford. Yeah. Um, although I don't know if he's originally California. I, I, I was questioning that in my mind right there. Um, he did live here in Corona, though, so that's a shout out. There. We'll just put him on there. West yeah, Coast. We'll just put him right yeah, we'll put him on there. Uh, West let's Coast. See, Snoop. Uh, Everlast. So, Snoop Everlast. Let's see. There's a guy out of Hollywood named Wax. If you get a hold of Wax, he's a pretty good underground rapper. I, I'm going to shout out my boys in the Cottonmouth. Those, boys, they, those guys know how to flow pretty well, too. So we got Wax, Cottonmouth, F4. One more. Um, man, I'm too high, and you're making me think about this shit. Uh, you got to dig it. deep. Dig deep here. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go one more. I'm going to go down San Diego way, obnoxious. Obnoxious. My boy Obnoxious, Obi. Okay, well, you guys check those guys out. And for me, let me give my five. Since Marl gave us five, my five for me. I got Exhibit. He's from Detroit, though. But we're going to say <laughs> we're gonna say he's from the West Coast. That is true. Corrupt is from Mississippi. A lot of people don't know that either. But Exhibit, so I'm going to say Exhibit. I'm going to say Ice Cube. I'm going to say... You know, I, I I didn't think of Ice-T for a second. Dude, I love it. Hey, Ice Cube is ace in the hole, man. I didn't say Ice Cube. I said Ice-T. Yeah, Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice-T is a fucking killer. Ice Cube is the ace in the hole. All right, so I got... Like I said, I got Ice Cube. I got Exhibit. I got... Snoop. And... Hey, it does get hard. Let me get E forty. Well, you can even you know, living or dead, I, I you can even say Easy E was part of that. He oh. um for my last one, I will say Mac Dre. That's that's my top five. West Coast. Rappers. You know, there's a boy you said the name Mac out of fucking Kansas City, Mac Lethal. You got to look up Mac Lethal. He's a is he is rapper. he uh did he used to do battle raps and shit too? He did some internet battle raps and shit. Mac Lethal did, you know, he's a speed rapper. Yeah. Out of Kansas. This boy's fucking he he's awesome. Well, you got to check him out. Yeah, that yeah. Well, anything else you want to touch here on the Shicey stove before we get out of here? Uh well, shout out to you. Congratulations. You just had a daughter. You just Thank had you. a baby. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. And you're you're a father of a daughter too. Yeah, you know? my daughter, well, she she'll be seventeen soon, so one more year of payments and I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, hey, well, that's a man. fucked up comment, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm glad you were my first guest, dog. Thanks I gotta pick your me. brain a little bit. We had a good time, chopped it up. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this is another episode of the Shicey Stow. I hope you all liked it. Like and subscribe. And we out. Yeah.